Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and Serviceable Plots? Or getting into the nitty-gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patrons, Matt Fry and Johnny Torres, for serving as producers on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Mosiru, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Next week will be our fourth mailbag episode. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, Episode 30. You're a terrible kidnapper. Hey, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the Half-Elf Awakened Mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the Human Rogue Fighter. Last time, after asking Canathar to look into what Orlay was up to, the party traveled to Oakheart. They learned the artificer that they were looking for was indeed in town. However, Scriv and Akiva nearly got thrown in jail for sparring in the town without a permit. Belinda made sure they were not imprisoned so that they could continue on their quest. As Akiva and Scriv sparred legally now, Scriv tried to use the Kopesh, only to have Umbra lash out at him for some unknown reason. Now, truly frightened of the patron, the party decided to stop sparring and go confront the artificer they were looking for. So, you guys are heading back to the Mean Lobster Inn about noon midday as you are coming in. It is busier than when it was the previous night when you arrived. And what are you doing? Looking for the half-elf woman. I would like to look as well. I would like to just kind of keep an eye out if there's anybody else that shows a vested interest in us. Okay. And perception checks from everybody. 15. 24. 9. Akiva, there are so many happy people in here, and look at all the good food, and there's plenty of drink. Belinda, it's a little hard to see about the entrance, but you think you see a couple people close to the bar. Most of the people right around the area are, are human. Scriv, you see the pointed ears of a half-elven woman over by the bar, talking to Curious Lord. Point her out to Belinda. Then we'll walk over like normal people. Curious Lord. If you'll excuse me, I am busy um, elsewhere, so just a moment. And he will start to move off as this half-elven woman, cropped straight blonde hair, dark eyes, kind of super thin. Uh, hello. Hello? Are you Imradel? Yes. Who is asking? I'm Belinda Walsingham. A pleasure. I keep it on you. Hello? Scrivener Whitecliff. It's a pleasure to meet all of you. Can I help you? 
I'm simply here on vacation. Yes, uh, at your family home, I believe. Yes. She is giving you, like, very squinty, suspicious, like, who are you? I heard that you have a lot of talent in a very specific subject matter. I used to do work while I was in the Empire in Orenthal, yes. And that work hasn't continued? I'm on vacation. Right. Well, I'm sure you have ideas while you're on vacation. Well, everyone has ideas. And We're here for your help. More squinting. You seem like you're a helpful person. I was a very busy person while I was in Orenthal, and I'm trying to get away from all of that as much as possible. Could we go somewhere and speak privately? Roll persuasion. It's an eight. I don't know you, so why would I want to be alone with you? I think you and I have something in common, and I'm going to show her my other paperwork. Okay. Uh, Kiva, you've seen this once before. Are you guys taking a more active look in this, or...? I am because of the sudden change in tone. Roll perception. 21. It looks like some very official documentation. Actually, uh, would you like to explain it a bit more, Blint, just how it would look? It sort of looks almost like a badge more than anything else. It's establishing credentials, I guess would be the most accurate way to say that. I'll stay upside and everything from her empire, so it's, it's pretty clear that it's government ID. Would I have seen similar paperwork working with my father going across the Vemmer Empire? He has something along these lines. He has something similar. Yeah, so it wouldn't be totally unfamiliar. Can I tell where her standing is in comparison to anything else? Do I get like a rank or something? No. Okay. But it looks legit. She takes it and inspects it for a moment, folds it up. She is no longer squinting, hands it back to you slowly. Thank you. I thought I would lay my cards at the table. I understand why you wouldn't trust a stranger in a bar. Looks around. I have a room upstairs, if that would be preferable. Why don't we go to my home? I saw it up from outside. It looks lovely. She gets up. She seems to have a nervous tick and rubs her wrists. She's got like a couple of little rings and a bracelet on. Curious, I, I'm, I'll be back. Don't, don't make my food yet. Then starts to walk out. Starts to escort you through the little town towards the edge where you know already her family's house is. Can I just make bits of conversation to try and put her at ease, ask about the vacation, ask about the area, and talk about fish? While you're walking, she's kind of like half listening, looks over at you, Belinda. Do you all work together, or do you just work together? We work together. Throw Belinda a raised eyebrow? Okay. She goes up to the door. So, Akiva, you don't notice this, but as she kind of goes up to the door, you see she puts her hand, but there's no key in her hand. And one of her rings touches it and turns, and you hear like this this unlocking mechanism. And then she goes to open it, and it unlocks. She walks inside. She gestures all of you in. Yeah, what the heck? We'll go in. Yeah. Closes the door, and she flicks as you hear these gears turn and things lock back into place you see it's it's a fairly um simply designed interior there is a, a single set of stairs almost right across from the entryway that goes up to a little balcony that extends to the left and right and you see a few rooms up there to the left seems to be kind of a sitting area with a small hearth and to the right is kind of a little dining area she goes around towards the dining area and you see a door kind of at the side of the stairs and she looks around again and just puts her hand to it 
this door that has no keyhole, but she puts her hand to it and turns, and you hear another gears turn, goes and opens it, starts to walk downstairs. Wow. Sorry, uh, you want us to follow you? You may come down, as she's already, like, seems like she's way a ways down the stairs. Okay. I guess we'll follow down the stairs. Yep. So you proceed down. The stairs head straight down before rounding a corner to which you see this large door. It sounded like she had already gone through the door. So you had heard it swing open and shut, but it looks like it's just can be opened. Okay. Okay. You guys go in? Yeah. <laughs> okay. As you guys walk in, you see um, a fairly large room. It looks like it was kind of carved out from, from the ground itself. And as you initially walk in, you see two mechanical-looking figures on either side of the door, each holding a halberd in one hand and just seems to be generally staring towards you. There is, to your left, like a, a large desk with several mechanical parts on one side, lots of paperwork kind of strewn about on the other, and just several different places of a bunch of different gears and, and mechanisms. Directly across from you, uh, you see another fairly large imposing figure filled with gears kind of around the arms a central kind of head with a glowing light in the center and it seems to almost be holding these two stone slabs on either arm like two large shields as you see from behind this desk you see her kind of duck in and she twists her wrists as all the mechanisms come to life she tells them to activate she activates them I need you all to roll initiative. Top of the round, Scriv, you see all the machinery starts to turn towards you guys. You're 10 feet from the creature. You do see there's a large mechanized creature in the back corner, but it doesn't seem to have been activated. I will move past Belinda, past Akiva, up to the workbench. Okay, so that is one opportunity attack. So it swings, you duck and tumble under as it just barely misses you. Would I be able to mantle over the workbench onto the side where the artificer is. You don't have enough movement for that. I can dash as a bonus action. That's true. You can do that. So you're going to hop over or go around? I would like to mantle over. Okay. So make an athletics check. That is an 11. And as you are hopping over, the other one is taking a swing at you. What? Other one? He has a 10 foot reach. He has a halberd in his hand. Okay. So you are hopping over with an 11. You kind of tumble and trip, but you get to the other side. But you do get slashed across the back of your leg for three points of damage. Okay. Draw sword and shield. Action to equip shield. So you want to do that? I will equip shield. Okay. So shield in hand, your sword's drawn. Please deactivate the constructs. I do not wish to harm you. Okay. It's Belinda. Okay. Can I see Imbrodel for where I am? After activating, she's tucked under the table. So I can't see her right now. Not currently. I'm going to try to move up to get all the way up to the workbench so I can be right as close to Scriv as possible while trying to get a look at Imbrodel. We'll say from that angle, she has like three quarters cover, but you can see her. I am going to use my broken will ability, Tony, against her. Okay, what does that do? I am going to target her and I can communicate with her via telepathy. So that's going to be a DC 16 intelligence saving throw. You force your will upon her and you feel just her initial intensity just kind of start to slack. Okay. I'm going to say stand up, move away from the workbench and deactivate the constructs. Okay. And that's on her turn. 
Yes. So I get to choose her movement and her action on her next turn. All right. It is the construct's turn for now. So as it comes around, you see from its chest, it suddenly, you hear Gear's turn and as Annette shoots out and wraps around you, Scriff. <gasps> oh. You are restrained. The creature holding the stone slabs is going to move up to you, Belinda. Belinda, I need you to make an athletics or acrobatics check as it starts to bring both arms around to essentially encompass and hold you. It's a crit fail, the acrobatics, so a total of three. It can't roll less than that. I would assume not. It goes and just both shields kind of come together and just grips you really tightly. You are grappled. I am very uncomfortable. Akiva. I'm going to move around, just kind of trying to keep my distance, but keep everybody in sight. And I'm just going to pull out my Kopesh, and then I will ready an Eldritch Blast. If she looks like she's not giving in, I will launch an Eldritch Blast at her. What does that mean? She fails to deactivate them. All right. It's the other halberd-wielding Clockwork's turn. He just hits you as he shoots a net from his chest to encompass you. As she gets up, she steps away from the desk, and then she grabs one of the two bracelets on her wrist, and you see her twist it, and suddenly all the machinery shuts off. Belinda, you can break free. Okay. So for the sake of this, it is an entire round before she comes up. You guys are basically out of initiative. Yes! Okay, uh, we should restrain her. Scrib, can you help me tie her up and remove her bracelets? Yes. So initially, at the end of her turn, she kind of looks at you like utterly horrified, Belinda. is like, what did you do to me? And as you kind of grab her, between the three of you, you're able to grab her, pull the bracelets off her wrists and bind her. I can turn to Scrib and say, good job. So, looking at these creatures, they are definitely some sort of construct, but the one in the far corner is larger than all the rest and looks like a mechanized construct dragon. Initial inspection of it, though, looks like it's incomplete. It's unfinished. Let's sit her down and say, Emmerdell, I thought we were getting along so well. I was to capture anyone who questioned too much on my work. I, I wasn't trying to hurt you. And we're not trying to hurt you, okay? We just want to talk. I just needed to make sure, like, I brought you to the people who employed me, and I, I get that, but... While she's questioning, I would like to look at the workbench, look for paperwork, documentation. Roll investigation. 23 to investigation. Yours is going to take a bit. Iridal, I don't want to make you tell me, but this is why we're here. Who are you working for, and why would they want you to capture anyone who asks questions? Roll intimidation with advantage. Total of 23. Okay, look. It's Orenthal. Orenthal, the, particularly the Stone Moors, okay? The Stone Moors are looking for any sort of advancements in mechanics and in the engineering that's not magically related that could help to the city to survive a threat, and... What more terrifying, defensible thing is there than... And she gestures towards the mechanical dragon. So you're not working through proper channels at all. It's a quiet project. The Stone Moors, they're a noble family. What am I going to say? I'm sorry, you're, as a noble family, you can't fund my research. Oh, I just assume you're being compensated very well? I mean, I get all the equipment I need. What was your game plan here? We come in, you capture us, you do what? I hold you until they send the appropriate representatives to question you and figure out if it's okay for you to 
know this? Your plan was to kidnap us? Just told you. They said to hold anybody who asked. Uh-huh. The stone wars did. Yeah. Is this something that noble families can just do? Take people prisoner? No, it's not. This is not proper procedure at all. They offered me plenty of coin and just said keep quiet. I know. This is strictly off the books, I'm assuming, for national security reasons. They didn't want to create a scare because... Well, I mean, essentially I'm creating mechanisms that allow for the direct control of all these different types of, call them clockworks. And they're trying to create more advanced types. And I have been kind of on the cutting edge for a lot of clockworks. And this is all in defense of the city? Yeah, I mean, the creation of these, uh, you've seen, and she gestures towards the guard-looking ones. You've seen how they, you know, patrol the city, I'm sure, if you've been to Orenthal. It just... Imagine something that hacks more of a punch, and that's what- and she gestures towards the- I just don't understand how you didn't think there would be consequences to this plan of luring us here and capturing us. I wasn't gonna hurt you. No, I'm just saying you were being stupid, okay? I showed my ID, verified who I was. They said anybody. You could have made a judgment call, and you made a bad call. Shoulders, like, seriously slump. And I'm not seeing any regret here. And that's very disappointing. Look, I, I am sorry. I just, it's a not on the books and it's, I don't, I don't know what they might do to me. Well, since it's the first time hearing of your fear for your safety, I'm not really buying it. Did you find anything, Scriff, that would help uh, enlighten? So, looking around, you see that this type of construct, usually most of them it would have a simple, simple mechanism to activate or deactivate. The construct, sometimes there's some design that seems to be like, once activated, the construct will always be activated. There's just schematics and paperwork and all sorts of things here. Once the clockwork is activated, it just stays activated. It will always be on. There's no need to shut it down or recover or anything. It's just Other than commands from specific individuals, it will remain on and only follow the commands of those individuals. You also notice that it seems the amount of effort required to create a construct that's larger requires more than one person to maintain control of it. And as you're looking at this, you see partially constructed bracelets. That it seems to draw the life force of the person if they do not have multiple people controlling it. I would like to secure two of the partial bracelets and basic schematics for the activation, like always on. Having those with you are really dangerous. I'm, I know you have your authorization, but this is supposed to be quiet. I'm gonna share the paperwork with Belinda. So, if I understand it correctly, these clockworks, you just tell them what to do right now, anyway. You tell them what to do and they fulfill whatever directive it is, right? Unless these new ones go into play and whoever has these bracelets can just tell them whatever to do. Is that right? Look, okay, I'm just trying to emulate another artificer that's kind of already... I don't know if he perfected this, or he's just gotten better about it, or what, but... About control devices? About clockworks, about constructs, about just mechanics in general. He seemed to just have a knack for using both magic and mechanics to create these, like... Which artificer? Cecil Salavran. I mean, he was... a like, savant with the mechanics of these things, and he goes and leaves the Vermeer Empire. Well, people weren't happy about that, but they can't really just go and take him, so they asked me to try and 
emulate his work. And I'm trying because he was fantastic, but I don't... These are his schematics. Initial designs, not all of them. Okay, look, the ideas of Cecil are there, but I have expanded upon them. It isn't that that I'm worried about. This is all brilliant. You do wonderful work, and the craft works show that. But you said you were doing this for the defense of Orenthal, and all I see right now is that this is power without a drive and a directive. The directive is... Based on the person who controls it. Right, which is Orenthal. Orenthal, as a city, is not the one who does it. It's whatever noble or commander who is commanding them. She looks over at you, Belinda. Does he not understand? What? The nobles or the commanders are Orenthal, basically. Y- yeah, the people are there. You but- did not do this through proper channels. This is not in any way under any sort of structure, order, or rules. This is a rogue operation. But the Stonemores, they they were the ones that pulled the- it's a quiet operation! Just because one set of nobles gave you this doesn't mean it was cleared through all nobles. You know this is something that remained a secret, not just because it's government work, but because you knew what the consequences would be if people found out. Because it's one noble house trying to jockey for power over the other noble houses? What's new? What's new is you're taking technology that you're not ready for. You mean this sort of stuff happens all the time? They're noble houses. Maybe it's not by mechanics, but the stone moors are big on creating mechanisms and new inventions. So, yeah, you know what? They come up with a new type of construct that they can use and show to the rest of the nobles and say, look what we invented. Rise up in the ranks. Maybe they're not the final noble house anymore. I mean, they lost their clerics. I don't care about any of this. You're trying to abdicate all personal responsibility for a choice that you made for work that you're doing. And you got caught. And I haven't heard an ounce of remorse or a willingness to take responsibility. Look, I'm sorry I attacked you. I am. I don't want to, but... You've been playing with fire. That's what Scrim's trying to point out. And you don't seem to realize that. But look at what I can create. Look at these things. And it's not complete yet. Unfettered creation is what leads to wars and chaos and people dying. It's controlled. It's contained. Controlled by who? By me. Yes, and look how easy we were able to overtake you. Yeah. That's not the best argument. I think a better argument would be, what if you were a worse person? But I'm not. I'm me. You're not always going to be in control. Look, if if the Stonemores already are looking into this type of technology, so are the other kingdoms. We're not going to be the only ones. Someone else is going to have this stuff. I understand your argument. There is a massive technology-based race here to see who can get there first. And you know how that always goes? really, really poorly. And you've already admitted, you're not the foremost expert in this. That person took their ideas and left. You're just here trying to pick up the pieces and make something usable. You are the second choice. When you say second choice, you see her deflate. And even with your passive insight, you get the sense that's not even 100% accurate. I was third. Third in line. Third in line. How do I become third in line? Because you got beat out by Isaac as well. Eyes go cold towards you when she sees that. He doesn't want to work for the M- I mean, he does- <sighs> He focuses on the magical, okay? I don't- ah. Alright, I'm gonna turn to the group and say, We have a problem here. What do you mean a problem? I mean, we got the information we needed. This is a whole thing that is beyond us. I say, we go back to Salvador, and we say, Hey, bring some people. This is a thing. Akiva, what do you think of all this? It's unnatural, and I hate it constructs in general they're no better than undead i don't 
know that it's true that they're no better than undead, because undead are an entirely different thing. It's basically moving parts without any consciousness to them. It's a simulation of life that's unnatural. I didn't realize that was an ideal you held so strongly. When they die, what happens? Nothing. No soul goes to Neslam, no cycle is uh, completed, it's just, it's a tool, and it's unnatural. It's trying to emulate the cycle of life. Isn't that assuming that they have life in general? That you define life by movement? No, life isn't movement. Life is consciousness, a soul, the continuation of life and death. Isn't it no different than Scrib Shovel, which has a name and in a sense an identity, but has no... But that's a tool. That's It's not trying to simulate what we already possess as living beings. And that's what, at least the way I understand it, looking over these schematics, it doesn't have a consciousness, a soul, it doesn't question things or contemplate life. And it... that's the point. Is it that it resembles a living thing? Is that the offense? That it is a, a simulation of life that causes the offense? Yes. Well, I can't argue that. One thing that does come to mind, though, and I just kind of look around, we're in a basement. Yeah. Turn to the captive. This is your home? Up above. This is your family home. <laughs> is her family here? Are they aware? Because if you thought that we were here to attack you, then you're putting your family in danger. She just stares at you. I think there's a lot you didn't consider, Imrodel. Like, really any of the consequences of what you were doing. You were just running away with your own hubris and lack of knowledge. She's kind of clammed up right now. It's okay. We don't. What we've learned is we don't actually need anything from you because literally you left everything here. Not a great job with keeping secrets. Also, you're a terrible kidnapper. I don't understand this plan. Belinda, what are we going to do exactly? Because we can't just leave her tied up in her family home and I don't know if husband or child or whatever family she has just comes into the basement and unties her? Well, I think we should turn her over to the governess. What she has done here is wrong. She decided to turn her machines against us, innocent people who were visiting her home, something we had expressed a desire to do publicly ahead of time. And I think she should be punished for that. But eventually, Emmerdell, I think you have to go back to Orthal and deal with the consequences of what you've done, which is an unsanctioned operation for a noble family without having any proof that they hired you. While she continues to berate the already defeated captive, I'm going to just collect everything into a nice portfolio. Also, another thing that bugs me about taking her to the governess is the fact that we have no proof that she's actually tied to any nobility in general. It's literally her just implicating herself. I'm just saying we have her arrested for kidnapping us or attempting to kidnap us, which is clearly a crime. Yeah, all right. But I think that we should have contacts at Orithal come and deal with all of this. Do you need me to do anything other than refraining from burning everything in here down? I was more going to ask, uh, what, how are you feeling about leaving this here? There's also a possibility we leave, this all disappears. So I think we take some of it with us because we also have a job to do. I would like to burn it to the ground, but I'm getting the feeling that that's not a good thing. Well, this is somebody's home, too. I would like to destroy these mechanical beings. Akiva, I think you would be helpful with convincing Imrodel of what she should do next. Stay silent, be cooperative, we won't hurt you. She kind of like, eventually looks up and like, nothing else I can do now, right? Correct. Don't make it worse for yourself. 
I know Scribd did a search. I'd like to check the room for any further, like, documentation or evidence that I can take with us. Roll investigation. 16. Searching the room, I mean, you see, you know, a few schematics has kind of been, like, tucked away here and there. That's, like, might have fallen to the floor, but they look like more scrap paper. You don't see anything beyond just, like, work notations and pieces of machinery. Okay. And I can take a look at what Scribd had gathered. I assume you said in a portfolio, so it's all tidy. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure we got what we came for. More than enough. All right. My hope is that if we take her out of here and, Scriv, you use the rings to lock the doors behind, this stuff will remain secure. Assuming that her family also doesn't have keys to her secret workshop. But I don't know what else we can do. We can't take a giant dragon construct thing with us on the road, especially one that does not operate. Can I take some time to investigate the door and see if there's a way I could kind of jam it? Make an intelligence check. 20. Looking at the door, most of the gears and the mechanics seem to be within the, like, right interior of the door itself, and they click into place where the two doors meet. You're fairly certain you could probably jam something in there while locking it to cause the gears to break and kind of hold everything in place. That does mean, however, anybody from here on out trying to get in would have to bust the door down. That's acceptable. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Cursory check of the room. Emmerdale, I think it's time for us to take you to the governess. No resistance. Just stands up. There's nothing you're going to do to try to persuade us to not do that? She just gestures towards Scriv. He has my technology. The Stonemores hired me. So there's a problem. They'll fix it. You think that you're a dead woman walking? I think one way or another, I will be dealt with. So if the Stone Wars want to deny all responsibility and all of that of me being here, she just shrugs. Did you not consider that as a possible outcome when you took this on? I did. And what, the money was so good? The opportunity so lavish? The money was very good. How good are we talking? Are you escorting me to the governess? Oh yeah, I mean you haven't given us any reason not to. Well, are we going? Hand signal. Yeah. Telepathic communication opening. Are you asking for a bribe? Gosh, no. I want to know, like, how overpaid this woman was. Because that would kind of help us figure out if it is the Stone Wars that hired her. Oh. I mean, there's a chance that if she has some sort of accounting with someone that... Yeah, if there's a a trail of money, if she's regularly paying vast subs of gold, that doesn't just show up in your home. Yeah, but we don't need to necessarily ask her. We could just look around the home or ask for further details. That's going to be hard once we throw her in jail with the governess and word gets out, but... That was why I was asking now. But she doesn't seem very forthcoming. Iridel, I will say, if there is a large sum of money that has been consistently coming your way, perhaps following the money would be a way to prove who you worked for, and that might keep you safe. Roll persuasion. It's a total of 25. I don't think you'll trust me enough, but upstairs in my bedroom, there's a hidden compartment underneath my bed. Signed documentation of regular payment amounts to me from the Stone Wars. All right. Is there anyone in the home you wanted to say goodbye to? There's no one else here. I'm the only one here right now. I'd like to assess if she is now lying, just on the, especially about the last couple things she shared. Go ahead and, and roll an insight check on it. Twelve. As far as you can tell, I mean, she doesn't like you, but... She seems in such a defeated state that she's almost just like, what does it even matter anymore? I think you should come with us, Imrodel, to, to find the stash. 
Assuming she is leading the way. Who's holding her? Like, she's tied up right now. Well, Akiva, you're gonna need to hold on to her while I seal the door. Okay. Roll sleight of hand for me. 16. What are you jamming in the, the mechanism? Just a wrench. So, as you put it in and you lock the door, you just hear ears all, like, break and crack in the lock. She in no way is resisting you. She'll lead you up. She will gesture towards where the panel is to be removed. And sure enough, you do find a few documents. I'll inspect them later. I will say initial inspection of the documents show it to be signed by Thrinan Stonemore. All right. Do we need to play out the scene with the governess, Tony? We can make it simple and just you arrive. She might give a little bit of like a confused, dirty look towards Scriven Akiva. But to you, Belinda, after you explain the situation, she will hold her and just ask you, like, how long are we holding her? Is there someone coming to collect her? Do we need to begin judgment here? Or I'd say that we're going to report her to the authorities in Orenthal because this is obviously related to the city's uh, laws, specifically outside of, of Oakheart. We'll say a week because we have to go and come back. And unfortunately, we don't have a way to, to quickly message uh, Orenthal. The governess will ask, like, do you, do you want me to send a messenger? If you could, that'd be great. If I could craft a message... Very well. Who are you crafting it to? Oh, we're just going to go straight to my mom. It seems the most direct way because she will open my mail and she will make sure it goes to the proper person. <laughs> so I explained the situation and Rodell's claim of working for the Stone Wars, this project she was working on based on Cecil's work, that all of it could be found in her home, in Oakheart, locked in the basement, doors jammed. Bring a battering ram. And then I guess I'd scream if you would like kind of note down maybe like an inventory of what we found. I do. I would like to... Just keep it general, not specific numbers. Bracelets, rings, and basic schematics. Are you guys holding on to all of those? Yeah, I'm not leaving those with the governess. I will take the Salvador schematics, if that's okay. Then I'll hold on to the Stonemore receipts. I thank the governess, hand her the letter, tell her to send it to, you know, General Walsingham. The governess, for a moment, looks at uh, the name on the letter and just, like, has a like, little pinch of, like, she wishes she would go, but... I did mention how helpful you were and, and professional throughout this whole situation. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. It's, uh, I would have just liked to meet the general. Anyways, I will send this off. If I and I, w I would also like to add, I'm, again, we're really sorry about the misunderstanding this morning. We did not mean to cause any ruckus. It's all right. You have paid your fines. I accept this and we will move on. Thank you. So you do see her speak with uh, one of her guards who kind of nods and starts to gather some things. Where to from here? Yeah, it's still pretty early in the day, right? That was lunchtime? That was lunchtime. So it is early afternoon by this point. Can I take a moment just to talk to Imrodel privately? I mean, she's currently in a cell, so you can overall talk to her privately. Some of the guards are nearby-ish. I'm just going to say, sorry, I just want a quick minute to talk to the prisoner. I'm going to go and grab lunch for everyone. I'll come with. Okay, say hi to Curious Lord and thank you for his help again. Will do. Thank you. So, uh, Imrodel? Yes. This doesn't have to be the end of everything for you, you know. I guess we'll see. It was a quiet project. I was... I couldn't get it to work. Would you not be interested in having a quiet project that was properly sanctioned and provided you with the resources you needed? Why don't give that to Isaac or Cecil? Who said they're not already working on other things. Well, that tends to be the ones they go to. I was hoping you might be interested in doing something more appropriate, but it seems like your attitude is 
I would love to be able to complete what I started. I mean, if there's something that can help me do that or go along those lines with all of the sanctions, I would love to. But why me? I, I don't seem to be able to finish what Cecil did. You're also working alone. Does not seem to be the best for you. I think you need supervision. She's now like less, a little less defeated, a little more curious towards you. So you can offer sanctioned... I must not have read your papers correctly. No, I don't think you did. What are you offering? I'm offering you an opportunity, but it would require secrecy, which I think you've shown you can follow through on, but also dedication. I want to serve Orenthal. That's why I did this, to make something great for Orenthal. If I make sure someone reaches out to you and they mention they have an opportunity for you, will you take it? Roll persuasion. It's a 25. Yeah, I, I would, especially after this. Absolutely. Give you a chance to get your life back on track and do something productive. I'd like to think I was doing something productive, but you're right. I, I couldn't finish the design. You were working for an individual noble family. No good ever comes of that. I got caught. You know out there are others out there doing what I do. I'll make this happen for you, but never mention what happened between us to anyone. You mean whatever that was with my head? Yeah. Never say a word about that. Who's going to believe me anyways? And like super nervous, kind of scared chuckle. You seem like someone who can really, you know, make tough choices. And this is a tough choice to make, but I'm hoping this will get your life back on track. I just want to work and do a good job for the city. That's it. And I will offer some apologies for being so incredibly degrading earlier. I had to make sure that there was no indication that I would ever support you in any way. I can understand that. Well, I mean, you're raised in the city. You know how to work the system, right? You could put it that way. Thank you. I wish you well. And I will take my leave. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Akiva, Scriv, you head to the Mean Lobster Inn. Uh, Curious Lord is there and... Just get lunch and bring it back. Are we planning on leaving soon? We have to head to the next town. You know, Belinda, you would reach Mandeville as the sun is setting tonight. Yeah, we're, we're kind of on a time crunch because of our deal with Canathar, too. You know, he's kind of taking care of things for the next few days, with the caveat that we complete this quickly. So you guys enjoy some lunch and then head out? Yep. We tell Curious Lord the story of our kidnapping attempt. He listens so attentively with no loss of eye contact the whole way through. So, along the road, you do see regularly several guards kind of patrolling through, but overall, it is pretty peaceful out. Uh, what are you guys doing? What are you guys talking about? Just kind of surprised by how quiet it is. On the road? <laughs> well, I mean, normally we're either by caravan or rushing off somewhere, and we have to be worried about bandits. This is kind of the first time we've walked around in like a patrolled area. Yeah, the the perks of being in the heart of the Empire. It's a bit nice not having to worry about bandits or bears or other things that will kill me. Did you have a problem with bears? I know. You were pretty quick to answer that one. An oddly specific statement if there ever was one. It's mine! <laughs> okay. Okay. You keep your bear story a secret if it's important to you. Are you guys doing okay? I know this was sort of a strange day that started with a near arrest and was followed by a near kidnapping. I'm okay. I don't have any other than the, the, the constructs, but I always get upset when there's unnatural beings. I just give him a glance and a raised eyebrow when he mentions unnatural beings. What? 
You're not exactly from the neighborhood either. You're not from this plane, I think, is Grim's part, so in a sense, are you not also unnatural from a particular perspective? I could see it that way. I would say I don't agree with you with your perspective on constructs. I've grown up around them my whole life. They're completely normal at Orenthal. They're a great tool to be used, to Scripps point, to protect people. But I can understand, I think, where you're coming from. I'm just hoping it doesn't hamper you from coexisting with them when they are fulfilling a job. I get you'd live differently from me growing up. For us growing up, it was, oh, it's an unnatural form of life that was brought back. Kill it. So if I were to take, say, Gerdas and I whip out my shovel, I pull out some chalk from my pack and I draw a little face on Gerdas. Is it alive? No. If I go to an artificer who's able to imbue brief bits of cognizance, is it alive? You're stepping a little over the line. So the line isn't whether the thing itself is alive, it's whether we perceive it to possibly be. Yes. I guess intention plays a big part because... The whole reason for bringing back undead is for them to serve a master and a purpose other than just living. And it has to do with the whole cycle of life and death that we're taught as believers of Nazalem. And that when we die as people, our existence doesn't end. It's just the next step. Whereas when undead die, they're brought back into that cycle, but not fully. So... When you say cycle, you mean the process and a disruption in that process is profane. Yes. Even if it's not part of this process, this cycle. If it mimics it, it seems like. Exactly. I guess what my request of you would be to try to remain open-minded to seeing the differences. Yeah. I mean, you're a pretty powerful person. I would hate for anything to go awry because of something that offended your uh, beliefs. I would also like to note, I'm probably the more lenient of my people anyways. Wait, so all of your people share this opposition to constructs? Oh, yeah. I mean, Scrib, I know you didn't grow up around a lot of constructs. What are your feelings? It's a tool, mostly. I'm more concerned about the fact that one person can control multiple of them. If it's like a person, but stronger and faster and able to withstand hits from swords and arrows, then... It's more dangerous than a person if it's in the wrong hands. I was also concerned about the element of danger to innocent people. I think that's something that was not a factor in everything we saw. The consequences were not being considered. It was purely the pursuit of a vision without any sort of consideration of what that would mean. Sort of a ends justify the means mentality, right? Or just getting paid, I guess. I think it was a combination of things for her. Obviously the coin... Wasn't too shabby for what we saw, but more so I think it was the feeling of doing something important and profound. She definitely had an ego issue. But don't we all? Who are you talking to here? Does not almost everyone want to achieve greatness in some way? I would be fine if I could just do my research in peace. And yet we are called. Here we are, walking along a road at dusk, doing things. What is this job again? This is the job that, that we talked about with Canathar. We don't really know the details yet. Still in the air? I'm kind of worried about the details, given how the last job from this same contact blew up in our faces. You mean escorting Zolas? Yeah. I trust that that job was incredibly important and significant, and this one will probably have similar ramifications. And I trust that we can do it well, because 
I don't want to brag, but I think we did an amazing job <laughs> keeping Zolus alive, getting him to Orenthal, and getting his information to where it needed to be. And that will have a meaningful impact. Surviving the assault on an entire town, and then an assault on an outpost, and then... Yeah, you know, we survive. From my perspective, we're a very capable team, and I think we can do anything. I know I make some assumptions. I'm very goal-oriented. I believe this job is important, and what we do will matter. At the same time, I just want to make sure we're okay, because I know I have a pretty firm set of ideals, things I follow that I adhere to. I know you guys are both still sort of figuring out what that looks like for you, and... Let me know if any of this is stepping on your toes, because we will continue to have to make hard choices. Are we putting everything on the table here? What do you mean? There's no one around. Fios, something that needs to be said. What was that paperwork that you showed her? My identification papers. No, I don't usually make public that I have those. What are they? I would just guess another set of credentials. That is accurate. They show a little something about who I am and my past. I don't talk much about my work before. But it required a certain level of authority that opens doors. As far as what you and my dad told me, you were just a clerk that did paperwork for the government. You may have needed clearance to see or talk about things, but that was it. In my work, I had access to all of the census data, so all records on everyone living in and even around the Rimmer Empire. How many people lived where, what their incomes are, what their lives look like, information that is valuable beyond the Empire as well. Something that could be used against us. In terms of population centers and what, an invasion? Yeah. So you just showed her a piece of paper that said, I'm authorized to see important things. And she said, oh, you must be here about my project. I have clearance. And that was enough, especially amongst the nobility? This is more of a military clearance. My work directly benefited the military. It's not something I say publicly because people usually think about money when they think about the census. Yes, it all comes down to taxes in one way, but in another is not a correct understanding of our population and their resources essential for keeping the empire safe. Okay. So my government work was beneficial and it gave me access. It required access and it required secrecy. So I still, to this day, maintain the ability to invoke access, I guess would be the best way to say that. And how many times have you invoked access since we've been going around these other towns? Rarely. A handful of times. Usually when my abilities to persuade with my words have not worked out and I fall back on it as a tool that I have, but I don't want it to be known because it might draw some hate. For being the tax lady? For being the tax lady who worked for the military and, uh, you know, did boring work <laughs> that directly affected people's lives but in a way they could only see negatively in the short term being told I'm the person who counted you doesn't seem very warm or inviting. That's fair. But I like to think I have played my small part in keeping peace and prosperity I mean it's not perfect here in the Empire but there's no war like when was the last time there was an invasion and people were worried how will I go about my day to day life of you know, my business or my shop or, you know, whatever work it is they do, providing food for their family with wondering, I wonder if a dragon will come and eat me. It's the little things, you know? Yeah. I just see it as a different way of living. I mean, traveling around with Valen enough, I see everybody has a kind of a, just like a different way of living. This is just one of them. I grew up on the edges of the Empire. 
I grew up in the expansion. It's a lot more honest there. Yeah, there's goblins and orcs and stuff to fight, but it's more real in terms of living. I think you can look at it as sense because of people like me, people like you got to live that life. That was an option for you. What? People didn't live out on the fringes of the River Empire 150 or 200 years ago. It wasn't safe. So they're providing support, but at the same time, these people are fighting for a life of their own out in the country. Yeah, I'm not diminishing the choices that people have made. I'm just saying it's an option now. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think we should all live the same lives, but I like to think that everyone should be able to live their life out in relative safety and security without having to wonder if they're going to live to the next day because of threats of violence. It has been a lot nicer not having to worry about ghoul attacks. You know, here's the thing, Akiva. Until we started traveling, I never had to worry about ghoul attacks. Never came up when I was living at Orenthal. Try living with that for 300 years. I mean, I've only dealt with them once or twice in a ruin or a cairn, but nothing quite to that number that we had to deal with. There's a lot of people at Orenthal who remember what it was like. You know, especially those who live longer, like the elves. They can tell you what the common folk were experiencing when there was just war. Screw up. I'll put it in a little bit of perspective for you. Even where all I've traveled with Valen has been much calmer than the 300 years I've grown in the Shadowfell. It is very peaceful on this realm. Have things changed in the past 150 years in the Shadowfell? Less school attacks, but still the occasional here and there. Think of it almost like from constant attacks to intermittent attacks and not in huge numbers. Okay. So, Scriv, I don't know if that answers your question about my papers entirely. It answers them to my satisfaction, Counselor. Mediator, actually. Uh, It seems like those are credentials. Has to do with more involving that politics stuff I don't really know about. It involves a hierarchy. Yes. Those. So the only reason you still have clearance is just for old time's sake. You're not still doing census work? I keep my credentials for nostalgia? No, I have to maintain that I'm still a credible person who is serving the values of the Empire. But you're not directly working for the Empire, Realm. We're not, like, secretly working on your mom's behalf or something. No, I'm not working for my mother. <laughs> okay. That would be rather a strain on our relationship, for sure. I don't know. I figured you two could put things aside and focus just on business. I definitely uh, seek her counsel, and I would like her to approve of what we're doing, which I think is meaningful, especially with Zolas. But but no, I'm not, I'm not taking orders from my mother by any means. Okay. There are things that I know that I will not tell you, and that I cannot tell you. I figured. Some secrets are not mine to share. I'm holding them. I understand. So I will keep some things to myself, because I have to. I hope that's okay with everyone. Yeah. We're here to do a job. I guess we'll just focus on doing that. What's on your mind there? I feel like I'm, aside from the amulet, I'm the one who doesn't have some overarching agenda. Oh, I was going to say ideals. I don't know if agenda. Agenda sounds so dirty. I don't have an agenda at all. You don't start with me, Mr. Red Eye Patron whatever. Yeah, what happened there? I'm sorry. I touched his sword while we were sparring, and his patron yelled at me. Yeah, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Neither did I. And 
Belinda can just joke around about the entire, oh, well, we don't know what's going on with Akiva thing, but no, seeing it eye to eye freaks me out. Okay, Akiva, hand me your sword. I don't know that that's such a good idea. We need further data before we can understand what this means. I personally have no issue giving this to you. However, I already feel like I'm going to get a talking to from him. I kind of don't want to make it worse. If you really want it, I'm, I'll give it to you. But I also don't want it to hurt you. I'm pretty mentally strong. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? I mean, I just die here on the spot and then Scriv kills you. So I think we have our answer then. Okay, here you go. You hand Belinda the sword? Sure. Um, I will say a quick prayer to Adar and take the sword. Just like, please protect me. <laughs> can I preface this by saying, okay, Umbra, this is not with ill intent. I will be getting the sword back. Okay. Your hand touches the hilt. Nothing happens. I open my eye. I swing it slightly, like I'm just holding it, like... There is suddenly, though, a voice in your head now, Belinda, that just briefly speaks. Oh, please, you are not used to wielding a sword like this. Hello, Belinda. Good to talk to you one-on-one. I'm just here for experimental reasons. Thank you for providing further data. (laughs) Happy to help. Please give me back to Akiva. Are there consequences if I don't? Well, I could always just go back to him. Can't really part with me now for good anyway. So this is just a toy? The sword is a physical representation of our bond. He decided to wield me and accept my power. My power is in him now. Till death do you part, huh? If even then. What did you do to Scriven? Why? What is he? Scriv is a human, I've been told. You think otherwise? He is not just a human. Upon contact, everything in me wanted to destroy him. Thank you for not doing that. I am invested in Scriv's welfare. And I'm going to give this back to Akiva now. Thank you. Head back to Akiva. You good? You just get to wave it around like that? Are you kidding me? So obviously you had a conversation. (laughs) Yes, it was very enlightening. Scriv. Yeah? It was personal to you. Okay. He hates you. Excuse me? He questioned your heritage. I know who my parents are. I've met your parents. They're very nice people. They're lovely people. If he's got a problem with me being the son of a paladin, then hey, that's on him. You know, he more rejected your humanity. What? Claimed there was something more. Something that on a fundamental level he was opposed to and filled him with hatred and loathing and a desire to kill you. So it was almost reflexive. Very much so. Apparently I do not inspire any such hatred. He just said this to you? Yeah, it was surprisingly forthcoming. It was a little unsettling. Also, keep apparently the sword doesn't do anything. I figured. He told me, basically told me as such. It's like the equivalent of a wedding band. Yeah. He made some talk that seemed to be almost like about vows and things. So, I don't know what that means? I don't either. I am going to say something telepathically to Scriv. Scriv, your dad has made comments that there's something different about you. Every parent says that their kid is different, right? No, my parents don't say that. They say I'm pretty normal, so I don't think that's my experience. But no, I kind of assumed he meant something more in the lines of your abilities and how he's raised you, but it seems like there is something inherently different about you that does not resonate with fiends. 
I don't know what that means yet. I don't either, and that bothers me. Like I don't even I don't even have a path to research. I don't I don't I don't have anything to do or to read about. It's just a question with no possible pursuit of an answer. Yeah, there is a direct way to ask this question to a direct source. Are you saying I write a letter to my dad asking, are you my real dad? <laughs> what, do you, what am I going to do? Tell him what happened and ask what it means. I would say. All right, fine. Next civilized place we go to, I'll ask. I'll write a letter and we can send it off. You might not like the answer. So, it's the truth. It's to know more about who I, or whatever I am. Answers are important. I understand. I guess we'll just... Leave this part between us and Akiva knows enough, I think, for now. Uh, Enough for him to handle it. (laughs) I mean, is there anything that would stop us from being friends? If I find out I'm part fiend or, I don't know, the descendant of a deva or something? Do you need a recap on who our party members have been? (laughs) That's why I'm not too worried. We travel with such weirdos that there's nothing that possibly could throw me for a loop. And who would think the time would come when I would be the normal one? You know... I was really holding on to that title, but I think, yeah, the lady with psychic powers who has authority from the government definitely is the most normal person in our party now. Just a half-elf, doing a job. If we've got time, can we practice just holding a conversation while talking telepathically? Between the three of us? Yeah, because otherwise it's super obvious that we're having a telepathic conversation. We'll practice, and maybe we can work on giving some cues that make it a little less obvious, visually at least. Let's work on our improv, I guess. Yeah. Tony, how long before I can talk telepathically and speak out loud at the same time? I feel like that's a thing I can learn to do. It will require checks. Belinda, your DC is significantly lower since you have been able to speak telepathically for a long time now. For the sake of the next couple of hours, I'm assuming you're going to be kind of trying this out. I would like a wisdom check. 14. 10. Total of 7. You guys recognize that um, you will suddenly stop talking telepathically as you speak out loud and then realize you're not speaking telepathically and then clam up out loud. Needs work. Okay. Well, it gave us something to do on the road. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules as Written or check out our website at dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Later. Later.